right, so you had this, you're creating a slide deck for, you said it was LQMS, which is based out of the UK? Uh, so, well, it's, um, it was a slide deck for how to use Oasis, which is, oh. uh, it's a database where any supplier or contractor, if they're certified through an aerospace standard, like AS9100, uh, AS9110, and so forth, they'll be in this database. And then it will show their status, like their certification to what standard they were certified by, uh, uh, when their certification is going to expire, when they're due for reissue, and then who certified them to whatever standard. So like, say in the case, say like a major um, aerospace company, I don't know, let's make one up, let's say Cessna, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they'll, it'll show who certified Cessna or what, um, what certifying body or auditor certified Cessna to the AS standard, whatever that, whatever that applicable AS standard is. Um, for those uh, people who are not familiar with AS or ISO, it's more or less like a procedures manual, air quotes manual, of how to manage, how to create and manage a quality management system. So this is kind of like what drives a company's quality assurance to do what it does. Now, yeah, and to add to it, it's like an industry standard, but it doesn't matter what the industry is. Aerospace, yes. automotive, IT, uh, IT uh, building basketballs, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, for and that's uh, ISO. So ISO is like international. That's like everywhere. And like MVP said, like from airplanes to basketballs, it, they all follow ISO. Uh, what AS does is it takes the ISO standard and it adds to it. Like this is stuff that's specific to aviation. Like say. Uh, we want uh, extra documentation or we want you to maintain records for a certain period of time. Um, MROs across the nation and MRO equivalents uh, across the world have some form of AS standard where like you have to maintain documentation for like two years or something to that effect. Um, now, I will say like uh, with ISO and AS, it gives you a how to, but it doesn't tell you exactly what to do. Okay, that 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 thing that's uh for new QAs or new um, continuous improvement professionals, that's something that's a little bit different from their mindset. So it's kind of like a commandment versus like uh, a how to. Like you shall have a documentation system. You shall maintain records. You yeah, shall. It's a it's a cornerstone, right? Um, and then you you kind of build the house upon the cornerstone. Yes. How you a, want your house to be built? Exactly. And so what I, what I was doing uh, throughout the day was I'm making this uh, presentation slash lesson plan of like how to access this database, right? Because uh, for the most part, uh, if you are someone in the quality assurance group or you're someone in a continuous improvement group, you're going to want to at least know how to access this. And the reason for it is, say you're a brand new company or you're a well-established company or MRO and you want to buy supplies from a certain vendor and this said vendor swears up and down the chain that yes we are ISO certified we are AS certified whatever this is your way of verifying that yes they are indeed certified and their certification is valid 
for one, and it's not expired or suspended or there's some craziness to it. Um, another key, good part about uh, the Oasis system is say uh, they were in the process of getting certified by a third party auditor and they found stuff against them. Like say they don't store their hazmat correctly or they had some issues um, making products to the specifications their their customers set for them. It's going to flag in that audit. And then that's kind of like your indicator, like, well, how bad was it? And say you are doing an inspection on them to kind of see if you want to buy stuff from them. That's kind of that's a a good um, tidbit of knowledge to know, like, okay, these guys have a record of of, uh, having some deficiencies and say if it happens again and you can see well, well it's what did the auditors find or the certifying body find how did you address it and then why is this happening again <laughs> right so that's kind of like a repeat reoccur right off the bat and you didn't have to do the legwork to figure it out because someone else already did and uh, especially for something like a third-party audit there's so many uh, different avenues they approach. There's so many different modules that they hit. It's a whole slew of information. And if you were to read uh, an audit report just flat out, you would get lost with so much info. I mean, if you didn't know exactly what you're looking at, you're like, well, this is a lot of information. And for a new budding quality assurance professional or certif- or a continuous improvement professional, when they see this kind of stuff, they'll be overwhelmed like right off the bat like whoa this is a lot of stuff like they don't know which ways about it what does pair stand for what does uh kpi stand for uh what are these processes how do they figure it out uh what is this metric that they're using to audit the the supplier or contractor for it's it's a lot of math and stuff and this is kind of good stuff if you're going for like say a uh, auditor's certification yourself, or if you're going to uh, try to do some kind of uh, process improvement project for your company or your organization, or you're trying to uh, improve upon your standards for a supplier that you're trying to control, stuff like that. It, it's pretty cool stuff. I mean, it's when you look at it face value, it doesn't look like much, but once you deep dive into it and actually know where to go, it turns into a big thing like, oh man, like um, what I see as the best overall value is you can figure out uh, all this information from a third party that you don't have to do double effort by doing a full quality assurance baseline or a baseline inspection on, on a supplier or MRO or whatever because someone else already did it. So now you're just like, Okay, where did you where well, what did they hit you on, or what did they inspect you to, and where are you at with it, or what have you done since the audit? And we've all been there before, where certain places when they're getting an audit, they kind of clean up their act <laughs> for that duration that they're there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, as soon as they leave, you know, that's when they kind of they feel good about themselves that they passed, and then they they um they loosen up they say okay we we passed we did great 
they make this very soft promise to each other that they're going to continue doing the good things because they've cleaned up and whatnot. But then one to two weeks later, now we're business as usual. Like whatever, uh, the way we conducted ourselves, we leave parts all over the place. We have tools all over the place. We put uh, non-serialized parts in bins that they're not supposed to be. Uh, I believe the Air Force calls this scrounge. Uh, I'm not sure what that terminology is across everywhere else. Um, Air Force calls it scrounge. Uh, Marines and Navy call it the PEB or stock, air quote stock. Uh, I believe some civilian uh, organizations call it air quote free stock, which or uh, over, common stock. Yeah, or over the shelf kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that that's um, that that was going a little off tangent, but that's more or less like what the, what the info you're getting from Oasis, and then and then to say like uh, once the auditors leave, how likely is that organization or that site likely to maintain that level once the auditors leave? <laughs> well, if experience tells us anything, it's not great yeah <laughs> uh, it's usually uh anywhere from uh three day to two week uh re- revert to uh just i guess revert to base yep um <laughs> uh so the main thing of oasis is is that these auditors come in and it tells you how and what the auditor is certified to and then puts all the information from the entity you're auditing and and you input the data uh, kind of what you're auditing or what you're looking for in that particular audit. And then it's a historical tracking or archive of, uh, you can see the progression of <clears throat> uh, the audit, right? So auditors come, look at forms, look at common stock, look at uh, has. And, yep. okay, well, we had some dings in common stock and has. Okay, the next time they come, the next auditor looks at that and says, oh, we had these problems last time. I'm going to go back and look at these this time to see if anything had been changed. And then you can, it'll be adjusted for improvements from previous audit on Comstock has, or, hey, continual decline in process or no, no, no seemingly, uh, you know, improvements uh, in place since prior audit. Correct. Something Absolutely. Like and then what and then uh like you were saying with historicals like all this stuff is stored and anybody and everybody who has that level of uh access to oasis they can see it so say like if your company is doing terrible right and you think that you can just get by and and get away with it uh if it's major enough it'll flag in in oasis and then everybody and their mother who's even remotely thinking of doing business with you will see it <laughs> oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So if you're if you're you're a company and you're like, hey, I'm I need to find a supplier who makes these gears. Yep. Okay. Well, you know, let me see all the gear companies out there. Okay, here's these top five. I've narrowed it down to, and you can look in there and go, oh my gosh. Well, these three are out right away because they just can't seem to get life together. Right. Over the past six years, you know. Right. And certain information, uh, I will say, like if you want to deep dive into the info, you kind of have to have some kind of clearance with that supplier or that contractor or that organization you're trying to get with. But right off the bat, if you just search, if you have access and you search their organization, you'll see right away if their certification is active or suspended or revoked. Right. 
And that right there, that's a huge flag. Cause like, why is your shit revoked? <laughs> right. Well, or, or why is yeah. it suspended? And is it a, is it a federal requirement to have your business input into Oasis or what mandates your business going into Oasis? Is it by choice or, or is there like some regulation that, that says you have to? So, because otherwise, right. You know, if you're kind of a dirtbag company and you're, you've got a reputation of, uh, of not operating, uh, safely or efficiently, you, you know, you obviously, you're not going to sign yourself up for that because you don't want that to get out there. So the only way people know what how, how bad you are is either from prior experience or word of mouth. Right. Uh, and and if, and this is where it gets a little bit, um, not convoluted, but a little, com- not complicated either. I would just say like, it, it depends, right? Like say if you're a, a distributor, right? You don't make the parts, you just, um, you just stick, put your sticker on it and sell it off, right? Kind of like how uh, Foot Locker sells Nike shoes, right? It's not oh, yeah. Foot Locker shoes, but it's Nike, but but we sell it here. Um, that that kind of AS standard for, say, distributors, it's there is a fe- federal regulation saying that if you are a distributor, you must be held to this standard. Uh, likewise, say an MRO, MROs have their own AS standard and for them to even be an MRO, they have to have they have to be certified to that standard. Um, what's the part? What's the the FAR for uh, MROs? I forget. It's a one. Uh, I keep want to say one forty five, but that's not one forty five. Ninety one. For MROs, yeah. Um, or is it, it one tw- one? Is it one one twenty one? Is either one twenty one or one thirty four? Yeah. It might be. I should have it. these memorized by now. I know it. It, it, it done for me because a lot of the far stuff I mix it up with other stuff, and the numbers kind of kind of mess me up. Uh, we're failing everybody now. Sorry. Don't 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 take your general te- uh, AMP exam uh, based off our info right now, or based off our <laughs> knowledge of the far. <laughs> but but anyways, what I mean is like, say for an MRO, if they want to have uh, or be called an MRO to the far. They have to have an AS standard and, and that's federally regulated, which they have to maintain. They have to be uh, re-inspected and recertified uh, every so many years. Uh, I believe the, the general rule of thumb is three. So I think your certification is only good for every three years. And then you get a routine inspection every, every or at least once a year, something like that. But so, yes, answer your question. It, it depends on what the organization is. Like, say, if they're if they're a supplier, like they make the parts, they have to have some kind of certification, or it, it is also baked into whatever contract that they're they signed up for. Like, say, if they're making if they're a supplier and they're making stuff for the federal government, that's on that's between them and the federal government if they want to be certified to that standard. Now, if a company claims to be AS nine one hundred, then they are then until they actually show the paperwork or the certificate itself, then it's, they're just blowing smoke. So I guess the, the closest thing they could say is AS 9100 or ISO 9100, ISO 9001, like, like, we're not there, but we're, we work just as good. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, uh, so switching gears real fast. Uh, we got a request from a patron about, Exploring some of the pros and cons of different um, shift types, right? Um, oh, man. 
or work schedules, right? I think that's a better way to say work schedules, right? Um, so, and and there's quite a few of them in today's world, right? It's not just your standard nine to five anymore, right? There's six to four thirty. There's you know six to three thirty if you're on a five eighty, or the six to four thirty if you're on a four ten. Yep. There's the four ten A schedule Monday through Thursday, four ten B schedule Tuesday through Friday. There's your three twelves, which are Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Uh, and then there's all that same combination on a swing shift and a mid shift. Yep. Swing shift being average of three p.m. to eleven thirty, and mid shift being somewhere around ten p.m. till like zero seven. Yep. And now, my, mind you, for everyone, all our international listeners, this is kind of like the standard for the U.S. Right. Uh, I'm not sure how other countries do it as far as like their minimum hours required per pay period. Uh, I believe France is like six hour work days or something to that effect. Uh, that's funny you brought that up. I was just about to say, I was like, France is, France is down to like six hours a day. And I think, I think it's the standard that everybody, no matter what your job is, is like eight weeks of vacation a year. Something six like that. Six to eight weeks mandatory. Think- and then it could obviously be up from there depending on who or where you work right but yeah i think the base minimum is eight weeks could you imagine getting eight weeks i I wouldn't i don't know what to do with myself man i mean i i I could i would definitely find things to do with myself (laughs) but i can't fathom that at this time right (laughs) i'm I'm happy if i just get a day off period right uh and then vice versa afternoon at this point yep an afternoon exactly uh and then some other countries like say japan where like it's 10 hour days minimum and then it can go upwards of 16 hours depending on what the job is. Uh, that is true. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that six. You're right. Cause they're, yeah. you know, they're, they're hard, hard working people. Yep. Now. So if we're here in the U S right, the standard uh, pay period by hour or hours for pay period is about 80 and that's split up within two work weeks, let's say. So 80 is kind of like your, your golden number. I think even for exempt exempted salary employees where they just get a monthly rate is about the same as an 80 hour work uh, pay period. I was about to say 80 hour work week, <laughs> but 80 hour pay period and how that's split up. It, it all varies. Um, we have the standard issue cookie cutter uh, base model five eights, right? Which is uh, five day work weeks for eight hours a day. And I think that's like any place in the u.s has that schools have it shit <laughs> schools have five eights um uh regular part-time jobs at a party city or a costume store have five eights and i think the the good side of a five eight is it's so consistent like you see it everywhere you're so used to it it's it's almost like a given that there's going to be a five eights and the plus side about it is like your days are are kind of, or especially here in the U.S., your days kind of revolve around an eight-hour period. Like you're doing eight hours of work, then you have eight hours off, and you have a little bit of float to whatever your schedule is, depending on what it is. And eight-hour work days, they kind of go by real fast. So, I mean, like you have you go six hours, you get a lunch, then you work two hours, oh. and then you go home. Yeah, let's 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 re, re rephrase that a little bit. They go fast if you've worked any other hours other than eight hours a day. That's true. <laughs> if you've never experienced anything more than eight hours, 
that made our days are long. Yeah, that is true. You're you're right. You got me. <laughs> but but most of us, I think, have experienced more than eight hours in a in a day, up to uh, like thirty six to forty consecutive hours straight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just was thinking about that. I was like, well, because <laughs> no. we might have some, some young listeners who are like, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine working more than eight hours a day. It's like, oh, you, oh. Better get re- you better get your imagination on point then. It's about to get a good workout. <laughs> We're about to strengthen those imagination muscles. Good. <laughs> <laughs> hope, you got, hope you got your imaginary friend on hook. You're going to need that person. <laughs> but but yeah, so, and you're absolutely right. That, but that's the cookie cutter standard issue uh, work week. Uh, the next one up, uh, which is probably, I, it's one that I was first introduced when I got reintegrated back into the civilian life from the military. Because, I mean, from the military, the only three shifts I knew was uh, 14-hour days, or sorry, 16-hour days, 12 on, 12 off, and 24-7. That was it. <laughs> yeah. That, I forgot about the 12 on, 12 off and the 980s. Yep. That I was actually about to go about too, the 980s. So like when I first came back into the civilian world, post-military life, the 980 was the work schedule that I got integrated with. Now, 980s, uh, again, going back to that 80-hour pay period week or that pay period. So you work eight hours or work 80 hours for a pay period. But instead of uh, five days a week for eight hours, now it's like um, you work nine hours a day. And then four days in a row, and then the fifth day is eight hours. Yep. And then, and then Monday, the next week of the pay period, right? The second week of the pay period was four days of nine hours and that fifth day off. Yes. So the, the benefit about a nine eighty schedule is every other week you get a you get a three day weekend. Uh depending on what organization you're with, that that third day could flex. It could be midweek. It could be a Friday. It could be a Monday. It all depends. But for the most part, you're getting an extra day off because you work uh, an hour more for about eight days out of the out of the pay period. And that that was actually kind of nice, right? Uh, I I particularly liked that one when I first got reintegrated because having a three day weekend every other week was pretty nice. And the next one up, and I think this is probably like one of the more ideal shifts. So if you are in a position where you can, f- you find jobs that are right around the, that align with what you want to do, say like uh benefit, let's like flatline them all saying they're all pay relatively the same. Their work is relatively the same. Their job description is relatively the same. And some of the key differences is like the work schedule. Um, Four, the next one is four tens. And that's probably, if I were to say, that's probably like the best schedule. At least speaking for myself personally, that is my favorite schedule. Yep. And it's exactly that. Yeah. Four days a week for 10 hour days. And uh, instead of every other week, you get a day, you get three days off, you get three days off every week. (laughs) That's. Pretty badass, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it helps a lot, like uh, getting just personal things done, right? You you have a day off during the week when you can go to the DMV, you can go grocery shop, and you can 
doctor's appointments. So you're not taking time off of work uh, to take care of your, I would say, normal life things, right? Yep. You're not wasting vacation time uh, to do to do the DMV. Instead, you can use your vacation time for actual vacation. Yes. And that's like by far the best plus of 410s is like, yeah, you're working 10-hour days and they kind of split the day up depending on the organization. But after those 10 hours, you get, you go home, do whatever you need to do. And then uh, that third day, uh, actually that fifth day out of the week, you got that day off. So three-day weekends every week. That is dope. Um, there, The next one, it's kind of sort of a 410s. It's called the 310s. It's it's near identical to the 410 schedule, except you're working weekends. So uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever. However, the, however your organi- the organization wants to split it, but you're working the air quote weekends for three days a week, 10 hour days. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, AVP, with three day with 310s, um, though you're getting the weekend uh double time or not double time the overtime rate for the weekend correct yeah typically right so especially for the off off i'll say circadian rhythm hours um your those schedules are typically a higher pay because that's how they that's how you attract people to that shift right you're never going to get anybody to sign up but people like oh that's it's time and a half is actually my base pay now and then I only work 30 hours, but get paid for 40. And then I get four days off every week instead of, uh, instead of, you know, just two days or three days or every other week, three days. So there are advantages to that. I, I will say, um, from my experience, it's been primarily either people who have, whose kids are grown and gone you know they're they're older and the kids are off to college or or beyond um they work you know they work that week because they get more time off uh but they their weekends aren't taken up with running around to kids events sporting events whatever the case may be so they opt to go that route more money more time off Uh, or it's people uh it's it's young people just entering the workforce yep they get in there um and that's typically over the weekend you know uh, engineering's on site all week. They're they're doing their dispositions, and then they email them out right before they punch out for the week. And you spend all weekend playing catch up or fixing re- fixing repairs to things that were damaged during the week. Unfortunately, <laughs> but that's just how it is. Uh, yep. And so they put uh, new people into the workforce there because you're going to get a lot of experience really fast. Yep, this is uh, true. And speaking of experience, really fast, uh, new to the workforce, at least in aviation. You're going to get uh, most of the new entries into the workforce are going to be uh, swing shift or mid shift. Mm-hmm. That's just because they you know, the aircraft are flying all day. They land. And you spend uh, swing shift spends all their shift fixing what broke during the flight. And mid shift uh, spends their entire shift getting them serviced uh, and prepped for flights for the next day. Yep. Uh, unless you're on some outfits out there where, you know, depending on, I don't know how far I should go in with this six, but sometimes there's only things you can only operate at nighttime. Right. Uh, 
due to the nature of whatever it is you're working on. Uh, so you need as much open airfield as you got, as you can get. So they wait till everybody else goes to sleep and the, uh, the gremlins come out at night. <laughs> the, <That's> every- <laughs> the sunken eye, gray skinned, scruffy bearded, uh, gremlin. That is the nighttime mechanic. <laughs> that's very true. I, I will also say for the 310 pit shift if you're interested in that if you don't care about your weekends like the as MVP said the circadian rhythm where everyone else is having a weekend and you're working by all means or like say um, you want you want to be that parent that drops your kid off to school or something like that that might be another case but then again you know you also got to factor like how old is your child and stuff like that because or what kind of activities they're uh, going to. Because for some cases, it might work out to be on the 310 shift. It might, right? Uh, and then there's also avenues for overtime and this and that. Uh, the next one, I would say, uh, this is kind of like splitting hairs at this point. It's uh, the 312s, which it's almost identical to the 310s with the caveat that you're not getting paid more <laughs> to work Um well, I would I wouldn't say that. Yeah, you're not getting paid as as a three ten shift uh, person would. You're just getting working three uh three days of twelve hours uh, a day, and that it, it's not too bad. But again, it also depends on what you're doing because uh, those twelve hours can drag, and then it kind of turns into like this twelve on twelve off mode where even though you're not working, you're still living in that sense. And it, this, that can actually f- screw up your, your daily livelihood or whatever it may be. It may yeah. or may not. Uh, I've seen both cases where people made it work and actually turned out great. And I've seen it somewhere people are falling to pieces, but it's only a three-day work week. But they're so used to doing that 12-on, 12-off mode for those days that they are working that they just don't know how to switch it off and do whatever the hell they want to do afterwards. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult to do, right? So people say three twelves easy, you know. And you're, it's only two more hours than the three tens, and you're like, it's only, and we're there always two more hours, anyways. Either looking for a lost tool, or still putting stuff away, or whatever the case is. But I gotta tell you, them twelve hour days get long, especially especially when you get home and you, you pretty much all you can do is go right to sleep. Yep, and then get up and 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 do excuse me, do it all over again. But um. You know, for me personally, swing shift was always uh, my favorite. Um, you didn't have to deal with the bureaucracy of the day, right? All of management and everybody, all the kiss and suck asses typically <laughs> work during the daytime. Um, and then, you know, your uh, more battle-worn uh, people that you're going to learn a lot from work the uh, work the swings time just because that, that skill set's valued there in fixing everything. So you always learned a little bit more. Uh, you worked with, in, in my experience, a pretty, a, a different caliber of people, uh, you know, super skilled technicians, but not, uh, not a suck ass, <laughs> you know, they're, <laughs> right. they're, 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 they're relatively chill people who survive on, uh, caffeine and nicotine. Right. <laughs> and, and so, uh, so that was always my favorite because you could you still had a whole day in front of you and then you went to work. Now, people are like, oh, no, I hate that schedule because 
I feel like all I do is wake up and go to work. Well, I'm going to tell you the only, and I told this to all the new guys and I still tell them the only way swing shift works is that as soon as you get off work, you go home and you go to bed, Mm -hmm. you get off at 1130, you get home at midnight and try to be in bed by midnight 30 and you wake up at seven. Yeah. You know, that's still what? Six, six and a half, some hours of sleep. Yep. Um, and then, and then you've, you've essentially, you had a normal day, a normal day as a, as a human being, you're still awake during daylight hours. You just, you're getting home a little bit later and you go to bed now in like, uh, some Latin American countries, it's very common for people to be out late anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if you work during the daytime. Uh, so if you're one of those cultures, like staying up that late, it's nothing for you, but I got to tell you for me, because I grew up here in the States. Uh, 7.30 in the evening rolls around and I'm sitting here like bobbing for apples trying to stay awake because <laughs> yeah. we're so used to getting up at 3, 4 in the morning to be at work by 5 or 6 um, whereas other I, I feel like a, a lot of other cultures have it a little bit uh, uh, better in regards to the hours of operation right you ease into your day a little bit it's not wake up slam, slam a 74 ounce uh, you know, coffee and and vibrate through your day <laughs> as the as the caffeine circulates through your system, right? You 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 still you get up and you have your whole day, right? You have your coffee. You can go do go to the you can go to the gym. You can run to the store. You can get some things done, and then and then you head to work. Yep. Uh, and so that's why I liked it, but that, but it worked for me because I would I would uh, come home. And, you know, and just go right to bed. Now, that being said, it did get a little bit more difficult as kids get older, right? They have their practices and stuff in the evening time. They're they're doing their homework in the evening time. So the, what's the downside, right? It's it's you miss uh, you miss some time with family mm-hmm. because like six said earlier, majority of the world works, you know, a nine to five uh, schedule. So when everybody else is at home chilling in the evening time doing going to practices having dinner together doing homework uh you're you're at work uh busting your knuckles and shouting obscenities <laughs> very true and and those are the things that uh you would definitely have to factor in when you are if you are able to choose a work schedule or if the company has those kind of options for you uh you, you got to factor in like uh what your uh off work hours like or what your outside of work life like uh how far are you away from your job uh, how sometimes you, if you want to really split hairs we can talk about your age too like um uh there's some studies out there a whole bunch of articles that talk about like how your age affects your, your circadian rhythm affects how you sleep uh how long you're able to stay awake and go to and stay asleep and stuff like that there's a whole slew of things that to factor in but uh ideally if we were to pick a shift or pick a work schedule that that would just be money in the bank uh wherever you go it'd be the four tens at least in our opinion it'd be the four tens and because uh yeah you're working two hours longer than the average person would but depending on the organization if you did work eight hours they would possibly ask you to to stay for that extra two hours anyway (laughs) the difference is is you're not getting overtime rate for those two hours on the plus side is you get a 
an extra day off every week. <laughs> so yeah, and, and if there is overtime work, that entire extra day is all overtime. Yes, very true. Now we're get, we we can go in, we can split into nuances about overtime and double time and uh, how you split your breaks and how those hours factor in and stuff for both uh, hourly employees and salary. And that's definitely something we can really bring up uh, should uh, if you guys are wanting to hear us talk about that. But uh, to the patrons out there that requested it, I hope we answered your question. And if you have any more about it, please feel free to contact us. You know how to get a hold of us. Or if you want us to make an episode about that whole salary or hourly thing and so, how. So actually to add to that, sorry to cut you off, but I, I wanted to add one more caveat in there, right? So as Six said, you know, there's, you know, there's factors to take into account when you're, when you're trying to figure out a shift that's uh, a, a work schedule that's good for you. You know, yeah. are you new to the workforce and single? Are you new to the workforce and married? Are you new mm. to the workforce and married with kids? Are you a single parent? Are you, you know, are you hourly? Uh, there's there's a lot of factors to take in into play when making a decision. So I understand it may not be so cut and dry, but one factor uh, beyond what we've talked about is is the salaried side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, many organizations, at least here in the United States, uh, after your 80 hours, or 40 hours, uh, any, any additional work is unpaid. Uh, your contract states that you're paid for 40 hours a week, 80 hours per pay period, anything over that, uh, you know, uncle Sam, thanks you for your, for your, uh, contribution, contribution to national <laughs> security type thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and so six and I did work for an organization where we were working seven days a week and there was management there that were seven days a week and they weren't getting paid. Oh, that's right. I mean, they're they're, they're all all day Saturday and Sunday. They might have held. They might have hit their eighty hours by Wednesday, and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is all, or until the next pay period kicks in, maybe Saturday. So you'd say Thursday, Friday was all all unpaid for them. Jeez, heck with that. Look, I'm telling you right now, to heck with that. I understand companies mandate and everybody wants to do good, but you've got to draw a line in the sand somewhere because they will they will. Take and take and take. Now, I'm fortunate, at least in my current position, that uh, we get as a salary, anything after your 80 hours, you get uh, what they call um, extended work. And mm-hmm. they basically take your salary uh, pay, break it down into an hourly, and then that's what you get paid for those anything beyond your 80 hours. Now, you're not making time and a half or double time. You're just making a straight flat rate, but at least you're getting paid. This is true. So some other contributions, but that's why you say why, you know, well, you know, shift work, it's always the hourly blue collar, you know, working swings and mids, uh, uh, just getting the shaft on everything. Well, that's why a lot of salary work a nine to five, because people are, people are not wanting to give up any more time. Uh, and you see, uh, the, the necessary, and you've seen that, uh, change. It was not always the case. You get people that would just be there twenty four seven, regardless if they're getting paid or not. Uh, you're definitely seeing a shift uh, in that that uh, thought in the culture in our current work environment. That is absolutely true. There's a lot of people like I hit my time. Bye, and you're like, "Well, it's Wednesday. <laughs> Bye." You know, right? So you ain't getting free work out of me, <laughs> right? And, and that's where people are taking a stand. So, you know, uh, good and bad, right? Uh, may not look so well in a review for you. Uh, 
but you know, which case, you know, do you really want to work there anyways? Very or, true. or is it, uh, you know, is it one of those, um, man, I feel like I'm letting my team down, but I've already got my hours in, but I, in my experience, nobody really holds that against you. Like, hey, they went home, they got their hours in. Maybe you need to hire an extra body or, or figure out a different pay scale here. But, um, you know, I, I, people are, are not willing to give up their time anymore because, and Six and I have said this for a, a long time now, uh, instead of giving, you know, uh, m- you know, a bonus or whatever at the end of the year for a company, give them an increase in, in time off accrual. I mean, yes. people, time, the time off is so much more valuable than the merit or the, or the bonus. And why is that? Right. Uh, cost of living goes up nine to 11% per year. Uh, but your annual merit increase is 3%, let's say. So you're just never going to catch up. So people are like, well, if I'm going to be poor, I might as well have some more time off. Yep. And you know, plus you can't tax time off. Uh, I I advocate that to the grave and that, that'd be a hill I'd die on. <laughs> you can't tax time off. <laughs> and, hey, that's a, that's an excellent statement because it's, it's true. Yep. <laughs> and, and uh, there's, there's so many nuances to it. And MVP brought up a very good point, especially for salary workers, right? Uh, depending on the organization, there's a, there's a certain amount that they, they have to cut you off at, right? Uh, like uh, MVP mentioned uh, extended work week even that has a limit, right? So you can't just go on to that for forever. At some point, they will draw the line on you. It's like, hey, you must reduce these or figure it out or hire someone else, as MVP said. Um, there's so many different ways to cut this. Uh, and we can definitely uh, address this uh, on another uh, episode that goes specifically into this topic, or at least with the hours and how they work out and how they are budgeted or why they're set up a certain way and how the it factors for the exempt slash salaried employees. Uh, for military guys, they, they they pretty much work one shift and that's till the job's done. And whoever is in charge determines when you leave. <laughs> and you, you just get that one, that twice a month paycheck and then they, they pretty much own you for that time being. But Yeah, you, I was going to say, you're, you, you might as well have a barcode etched into you because you're, you're kind of an own piece of property. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but let us know what you think. Um, uh, what's your favorite shift? Uh, what, what makes you say that's your favorite shift? Uh, if you could pick one, uh, what's your ideal shift? Uh, your ideal work hours, your ideal work days? Um, me, personally, I would like to get like, um, I would like to get a day off uh midweek and i say that because like everyone's at work and you're chilling <laughs> do having your day off right so everyone's out busy doing whatever and you're just kind of do and you're the the roads are a lot more open when everyone else is working and you're not i'll just say that <laughs> but yeah, um, I, that's, that's, i agree with that uh it's although i don't know so it is nice to have like the days back to back consecutively that's true so I don't know how I would feel about working two days, having a day off, and then having to go back to work for two days. That's true. I, I see that. I see both sides, right? I, I see it be enticing. I would want to try it, actually. I think, yeah. Where I show up and you deal with two days of BS. You're like, well, at least I'm off Wednesday, and then you're like, okay, and then it's only two days, and I'm at the weekend again. Yep. So, eh, it might not be so bad, but again, I think it probably depends on where you're at in your life, yes, in your career. Very true. 
But again, let us know what you think. Hit us up on all the socials. Uh, check out our our uh, our website. Hit us up on our email. Give us your thoughts. What do you What do you guys think? Uh, any final thoughts uh, on this MVP? Nope. Just take take. Uh, yeah, I say no, and then I keep talking. What a, what a jackass. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess I do. Uh, you know, just just take careful consideration. Off, obviously. Your job is your job, and you're going to work what kind of whatever you're told. We get it. But if you can swing it for yourself, uh, you know, make it the best you can be. Uh, if you're a leader out there in an organization and you have a little bit of uh, freedom of, of choice, um, I was fortunate enough to be granted that when I first uh, got into my role. Uh, we worked 580s, and when I was a uh, uh, hourly worker, I was advocating hard for four tens or at least a nine eighty. And, uh, the, my boss at the time said, Nope, impossible and implausible. I said that, that seems like lazy. You, you, it's definitely possible. How to ask me how, Oh, I worked those before. Yeah. So, so if you're a leader out there and you can, you have the resources available and you can ensure all, you know, your statement of work is met. By not being there every day, uh, make the transition for you and your team to get on one of those schedules that affords you an extra day. Yes, very much so. Love it. I I appreciate the fact that you uh, did that for your teammates and you chased it down and you didn't take no for an answer. Because now in the long run, everyone gets that extra day off to unwind whatever, or, or whatever they decide to use that day for the the fact is they have it right so that's definitely a factor for everyone else out there uh if you are in a position of influence like that or you are given that kind of option to have that kind of schedule awesome stuff uh but again hit us up let us know what you think and on that note thanks again for listening we'll catch you all again next time bye everybody we would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformaintenance.com. And we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership. And we will catch you all next time.